Joshengele Mambi, Joshengele Mazaa Chachi, Joshengele Hatristi, Kukaragara za kusasira, Niza Chirugawa, Niza Chirekaviruji, Kukusavile, 22-year-old Mutesi asks me to remember her in my prayers when next I go to church. She's fighting, but she's losing, at least for now. You sweat, you cry, you vomit. Before you take it, you want to use the toilet all the time. You can't even drink water. Even if you bought for me chicken, I swear I wouldn't touch it unless I have used the drug. When people in Kampala talk about Chisenyi, what immediately comes to mind is the dean of metal workshops and car repair garages and the endless crime. Murder, theft, rape. Chisenyi gained notoriety as a place where crime goes hand in hand with drug use. The police post in Chisenyi is a mere kiosk. This is the place where law and order abides. What is strange at least, in as far as where it's located, is that it acts as a kind of shield to the vile activities in the yard not far behind. Yet, this is where I find myself, seated on a grimy veranda with Mutasi and her two friends Miriam and Olivia. All three are sex workers. Around us, a seven-year-old boy Glassy-eyed sniffs jet fuel. A 12-year-old girl has a seductive gleam in her eye that has no business being there. A 40-year-old man cries like a baby because someone else has stolen his remaining stub of cigarette. Such is the life of the inhabitants of Chisenyi. They are residues of a society nobody else wants. The chairman of the area, Jukomobiru, says just as much. When I came into this area, this was a no-go area. Uh, people used to fear Kisenyi as a notorious place, eh? basically. Miriam is a 32-year-old woman with the face of a 60-year-old. She would have had a wonderful smile if she'd had any teeth. But prolonged drug use blackened her teeth until she didn't have any left. Her faded wedding band sits proudly on her ring finger. Just three weeks ago, she was admitted in Butabika, the only government-owned referral mental hospital in Uganda. Built in 1955, the hospital was put up to cater for Uganda's mental health patients, but due to a rise in alcohol and drug addictions, the hospital was remodeled to cater for addicts. Miriam has relapsed and finds herself once again in Chisenyi. Her children have been trying to get her to quit to no avail. They see my photos. They say that, Mommy, can you look at this here? You see the difference now, how you are. Can it make you happy when you look like that? Mommy, you have to stop it. It is not good. Even my told them, I know, I know. I did a big problem, I know. In this place, Mutasi sticks out like a sore thumb. Not only because she's young, there are plenty like her. She sticks out because she's a remarkably beautiful girl who is also a university student. But even her good looks are fading fast, just as quickly as her prospects of a degree are. When I am in the lecture, 
I can't concentrate. I can't see. I can't eat anything. I can't focus. At least I make sure I can find 10,000 shillings for a motorbike to Kiseni for my fix. Only then can I become all right again. In a danger room that's not much bigger than a small shop sits Mutebi Juko holding court. He's a flamboyant, thin, bespectacled man with a harsh voice. From the flimsiest report about a stolen cigarette to a heinous charge of rape, the chairman of Chisenyi rules his roost with an iron hand, or like on the day I was there, with a shoe that was close on hand. His style is brief, decisive, and often satisfactory. The chairman is half law enforcer, half protector, a sort of godfather to these women. But his efforts to lessen the escalating drug use in his region are proving to be tricky. On one hand, drug use is against the law. On the other hand, if arrested, his people wouldn't last a week in prison. When they take these drugs, you take her to police. In a day, she can vomit. She gets diarrhea, vomiting, and so on. So keeping her at, at the police for a long time, she might even die or pass out. While the chairman may want the pattern of drug addiction to stop, the reality is hardly as neat and tidy as that. The chairman says that the police only make arrests for personal gain. And sometimes policemen, you see, they, when they come pretending as, pretending as if they are so furious of these people who are taking these drugs, they, they, their end is also money. But while the chairman points a finger at the police, in the eyes of the people of Chesenyi, his actions are no different. The chairman's home and the police post are in the same courtyard. Here, the police look on while the women get high, deplete their resources, and when night falls, turn to prostitution to pay for their next fix. There is almost a sense of sympathy, of understanding, perhaps because the police and chairman are part of this community. Before even we talk about police, it is, uh, we, we, let's have, let us talk about our laws in Uganda here, because they are so weak. So maybe these policemen also take advantage of that, because if you arrest a drug user, instead of arresting that one who imports it and sells it, it, it doesn't make sense. In July 2014, the police anti-narcotic squad intercepted 32 kilograms of cocaine at Entebbe International Airport. This cachet was worth an estimated street value of 3 billion shillings, the equivalent of 1 million US dollars. Some of this cocaine was in transit, but not all. Drugs once alien to Ugandans like cocaine and heroin are now on Kampala streets and have made their way into schools. That is how Mutasi got into contact with them. Mm, I noticed this thing from HSC level. I had my group mate or company who taught me to do so. I used to hang out, like going in club. So that's how I learned to do this thing. I was at Mienga High School. When I first spoke to Motasi, she thought I was doing this for TV. She was terrified that she could be identified. Her parents think that she's at the university studying. It would break their hearts to know that she uses her school fees to sustain a drug habit and also works as a prostitute once the tuition is finished. Once a healthy weight of about 60 kilograms, she is now real thin. 
and when she goes home to Chigali for holidays, her parents wonder why she is sick all the time. They have no idea that the reason she is like that is because she suffers withdrawal symptoms. A simple check at her university hostel confirms what I had already suspected. Nobody going by that name lives there. She probably hasn't stepped in school for two years. To curb the growing trend of drug abuse, in November 2014, Uganda's parliament passed the narcotics law, which purports to deter drug abuse by imposing long prison sentences. The law has been criticized for targeting people who are already marginalized by society and those that need health services and support. If caught, girls like Mutesi could serve a 25-year sentence merely for possession. The night is rapidly overtaking the dying rays of the sun. Mutesi gazes at me. She has stopped talking. She starts to speak once again, but she stops and collects herself. I wonder, is she thinking, what good does talking do anyway? People say they would like to help, but never come back. People say they care, when really they don't give two shillings about you. Her drugs are the one thing she knows now and can entirely trust. It's her calm in the face of chaos. She smiles at me, waves, and abruptly turns the corner. The heroine has arrived. For PM Live Today, I am Precious Birunji.